Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, October 22nd, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, we have some fun stuff coming up in the uh, different feeds over the weekend. Of course, we will always have this week on Broadway on Sunday. I don't know what they're talking about or if they have a guest or whatever, but I'm sure it'll be great. Probably some shows or something. I'm sure that everybody has seen some stuff. Um, But first, coming up later today in the Patreon feed... I will have my latest Tell Me More episode in which I speak with somebody who has been one of kind of the the, the biggest stars in terms of theater activism over the past year and a half, Cody Renard Richard. Um, he, of course, is one of uh, the Broadway artists. He's a stage manager who really spoke out quite a bit during last summer with all of the racial injustice protests, and he's really been doing a lot to make Mm -hmm. changes on Broadway. So I spoke with him earlier this week, primarily about the Theater Makers Summit that he's going to be a part of next month, but we also talked about everything from Um, Being the stage manager for Passover that reopened Broadway, returning to be the stage manager of Freestyle Love Supreme, where he is also now the associate director. Um, And he's also a producer, a uh, producer on Thoughts of a Colored Man now. So lots of great stuff going on in his career. So pay attention. Pay attention to working people. (laughs) Yeah. And such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, So check out that episode first in Patreon and then in the regular feed later in the weekend. And then Jennifer McHugh and I, who co-hosted with me on this video show today on Broadway yesterday. She and I will be doing our first episode in years of like a legit old school nice. something like a pop where we will be talking about only murders in the building, nice. Ted Lasso, nice. and some of our favorite scary slash Halloween uh, themed movies Ooh. that we wanted. To, they're not all. It's they're not all horror movies. They can be like lighthearted Halloween movies say, too. But you don't strike me as much of a like extreme horror no, person. I don't yeah. dislike them. Like I'm not. I'm not somebody who like cowers from horror movies. They're just yeah. not my thing. But I do like some. Um, and uh, Jen and her boyfriend have been watching a different. Um, horror movie a week uh, like to, you know for part of spooky season so she's nice. got some good stuff in there so check that out in patreon only at patreon.com slash broadway radio all right ashley are you ready for this one uh, da, 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 da. yeah uh, okay so yesterday in page six because of course, of course. Um, it was exclusively reported that tony nominated actor chad kimball has filed a lawsuit against the producers of come from away after he was not asked to return to the broadway production following the pandemic related shutdown he had previously been a member of the original broadway company and had played um, one of the kevins for over 1100 performances as we discussed at the time last november kimball tweeted that he would disobey any governmental orders issued in the state of washington where he was living and perhaps still might be that prohibited singing at religious services kimball tweeted at the time quote respectfully i will never allow a governor or anyone to stop me from singing all caps let alone sing in worship of my god folks absolute power corrupts absolutely this is not about safety it's about power i will respectfully disobey these unlawful orders hashtag insley which is the governor of, of washington hashtag tyranny hashtag truth Kimball is claiming in the suit yeah love the hashtags <laughs> yeah. um that he was fired in whole or in part 
because of his religious beliefs, not his beliefs on COVID or political uh, beliefs, but his religious beliefs. The article on page six in a fairly convoluted manner runs through some alleged interactions that the actor had with the show's producers before eventually being told that he would not be returning to the show. Kimball is claiming in the lawsuit that he was, quote, made to suffer significant economic and professional harm in addition to emotional and physical pain and suffering, economic loss, physical and emotion stress, and in some instances, severe emotional trauma, depression, illness, hopelessness, and anxiety, loss of confidence, self-esteem, and self-worth, and other irreparable harm resulting from the strain of employment controversies caused by defendants and or defendants, agents, and or employees. (laughs) Sounds like the side effects of a drug commercial. (laughs) It One specifically geared towards uh, erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Um, according to page six... <laughs> well, ivermectin. I don't even know what that is. That's is that oh, that's horse the horse tranquilizer. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, Chad might have taken it. Although that's Chad right. did Chad did have COVID at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is another, I guess, factor even more included. Annoying. Yeah. Um, according to page six, he is seeking compensatory and punitive damages and lost wages as well as attorney's fees and costs. Now, Ashley, we have talked about this before, but I... I'm very comfortable admitting that this mm-hmm. is way outside my area of expertise. Yeah. So this is just kind of like the discussions that we've had in the past with folks. But I was under the impression that according to equity rules, all Broadway contracts were effectively canceled after 30 days of no performances and that new agreements had to be entered into before um, before folks could get back into, yeah. you know, into rehearsals. I, th- I, now, think, I think so, because of the, there were so many rules and guidelines that had changed generally sure, over the past absolutely. year. So I'm not, yeah. I, I'm with you on that, that I wish I were more familiar on those. And that's something that I have to look up into. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's, I mean, that makes sense regardless. Yeah. Well, and, and of course there could have been other language and contracts sure, that sure, supersede sure. the base yeah. equity rules. And obviously true instances of discrimination would, you know, legally probably supersede oh, yeah. the contractual stuff. So I, I'm not saying that this isn't like he's barking up the wrong tree. I, I just, I don't understand how no. all this works. Is it the way the lawsuit in the article is, is worded makes it sound like he had an actual contract at the time that he was not asked back. So the wording just feels it's confusing to me and I don't know. Um, I don't know what this I, I'm assuming that this means that Kim Ball is vaccinated uh, because otherwise he would not be eligible to work uh, mm-hmm. with equity. So and, and on Broadway. So I'm, I'm assuming that that's either a point that they are conveniently overlooking or mm-hmm. goes to the fact that he was vaccinated at some point. So I, I yeah, just sure. I, I don't. I don't, I don't know. Um, and I don't know the legality of this and the contractual side of this. And maybe if this goes on and becomes a bigger story, which hopefully it won't, cause who the God, hell needs who this? Cares? Yeah, yeah. We can get on somebody, maybe Lee Seymour or somebody from, you know, who understands the contractual side of things a little bit more, but it's just like, seriously. Seriously, I I made a really eloquent Twitter statement on this before we started recording. How many four-letter words? (laughs) None, just like uh, stage directions, essentially. So Uh, a a descriptor of emotion, essentially. Uh, Uh, Look it up. But yeah, just like the thing about this, and it's kind of the same thing of like the Ozna stuff, unfortunately, is like this is a business and they have every right to do whatever they want. So him being released from his contract, sure, 
Yeah. He said plenty of things and did plenty of things, and they have every right to no longer have him in the show. It is much easier at this point in time to, you know, for someone to file some form of lawsuit based on religious discrimination than it is to, you know, state the truth and say that it is because you are, you know, I don't know his vax status. As you said, it sounds like he has been vaccinated at this point. Shrug emoji. Um, Shrug emoji. Um, but, you know, in some form or fashion, it is him saying that he was against the rules and guidelines they have around COVID-19 being, you know, not being able to sing, not wearing, you know, having to wear a mask, having to be vaccinated, whatever, whatever any form of that. Um, and no one is required <laughs> to honor his previous contract based on that fact. No one's honored to honor his contract anyway or any performer's contract. So it's really, yeah. you know, reaching as far as you can and really grabbing onto the thing that you feel is true and that you're being discriminated against because of your religion, which of course is not the case here. But it's easier to sue on that than any other grounds, of course. Yeah, I mean, I would have probably had a little bit more respect for him if he had said that he felt that he was being fired due to his political or COVID-related beliefs, because I think that's probably... It would be honest. At least more accurate. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with his religious, but I, I would imagine that there are much stronger laws um, prohibiting people being fired for religious beliefs. Exactly, but exactly. I do want, I do want to go on and give him some credit on one thing um, because you did say he said stuff on masks. If I want to make sure that we're clear on what he said about mm. wearing masks, this was tweeted just eight hours after the original tweet blew up. Um, and this might've been him backtracking a little bit, okay. but he did officially say on November 15th, to be clear, nobody is going maskless. The overreach in my opinion is not being able to sing even with a mask mask no singing with a mask on everyone will continue wearing masks okay. with respect and with hope and with care so you know i couldn't remember you, exactly what he said yeah, he'd said something um, but yeah i i think those two tweets combined they're actually not as bad as it, the first one was on its sure, own sure. and of course he had eight hours to come up with that response to me the biggest issue here in that first tweet is <laughs> it's the hashtags. Hashtag no, Inslee, hashtag tyranny, tyranny hashtag, hashtag truth. truth. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know from a legal standpoint what to make of this. I don't know from, um, a, an equity and union standpoint what to make of this because technically they should be the ones representing him and being on his side in this because he is a member. So I, I don't know. It's weird. I, I think it's a little dishonest on his part, but I also wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that dishonesty and like all of those, you know, major side effects that we talked about earlier yeah. might, that might've been lawyer mumbo jumbo, you know? So I, I, sure. I don't have a ton of sympathy for Chad Kimball. I, 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 no, I, I don't think literally yeah, zero none, sympathy. But, but I do think that they're, you know, some of the things that make this look worse, the, the, you know, the worst parts of it are probably easily explainable. And I wish that there was a way to actually have the conversation that's probably at the heart of this without him blowing this up to make it something that it isn't, I guess. Yeah, I think that's really important. Uh, and I don't think we'll ever get to that point because if we're having no. this conversation in the sense of I'm suing you and it's because you've, you know – 
walked over my religious beliefs, et cetera, et cetera. We're not going to get to that point because it's a dishonest lawsuit to start with. Like if that is, if that's what you're, you know, maybe there is stuff behind the scenes and maybe there are things that towed the line. That is still not the purpose of this lawsuit. The purpose of this lawsuit is because of his COVID beliefs, his political beliefs. And, and and what he said publicly to me, I don't even think it's publicly. about the beliefs. I think it's more about the fact that he created a firestorm around himself and made it very difficult for him to be employed in that in situation. Yeah, right. 100%. For marketing and PR purposes. I think that's the real issue. And that's uh, yeah, that's what I, that's essentially what I was going to say. It, it, again, in terms of like, you know, Broadway being a business and individual shows really being their own businesses, like you have every right to not let somebody back in your show. And if you have an actor who is causing, you know, controversy for whatever reason, it, it, it's honestly safest to not have them in your show. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we've seen unless that time you're and time. A pill. Unless you're checking a little pill. But we've seen that like time and time again of like um you know, actors no longer having their contracts honored for whatever reason, or or the flip side of you know, producers deciding to keep controversial actors in their show because it's gonna get money. They mm-hmm. decided that was not gonna be the case here, and I'm glad they decided that. <sighs> All right, <Yep>. actually, let's <laughs> yeah. take a real quick break. <laughs> To talk about our Patreon real quick, I told you about my interview with Cody Renard Richard that's coming up uh, later today in Patreon on Friday. I have done three other interviews that will be coming out over the next uh, week or so, and I have one that is actually happening on Friday afternoon. The first one that will be coming out next week is with the great... Um, comedian, raconteur, and Sean Truce, Natalie Walker. That'll be coming out uh, next week. I also spoke with um, theater journalist and author Barry Singer about the second edition of his book, Ever After. So that is going to be coming out next week as well. And um, I did an interview about a really cool uh, production that's coming to the flea that's actually just renting out the flea it's not a flea production called odd man out that is done completely in the dark um so that'll be coming out too and then on friday i am speaking with um speaking of jagged little pill uh antonio cipriano um who recently departed the production and i'm going to be asking him about why he departed the production mm. i'll see if he actually answers uh, but all of that stuff will be hitting your patreon feeds first before it comes into the regular feed so check out patreon.com slash Broadway radio. I especially like your use of the term not Chanteuse, but Chantreuse, which is like a really lovely combination of a French singer and a silk fabric. And I feel no, like I mean, that, that best embodies Natalie Walker. I mean, that is Natalie Walker <laughs> in and of herself. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so real quick, let's get back into Jagged Little Pill because both Jagged Little Pill and Mrs. Doubtfire, or maybe just Doubtfire, I'm not exactly sure what we're calling this show anymore at this point, um, but both of those shows returned to the Broadway stages on Thursday night. Mrs. Doubtfire, which I think is still the technical title, despite some of its um, marketing materials saying just Doubtfire, that mm-hmm. had originally begun performances at the Stephen Sondheim theater on march 19th of 2020 just a few days before broadway shut down it will now officially open on broadway on december 5th of course as we've talked about before 
The show uh, stars Rob McClure as Daniel Hilliard slash Mrs. Doubtfire. And the team behind the show is the team uh, behind Something Rotten, a show That's I know true. that you loved uh, a lot. In which I have I so- seen more than any other times of any other show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I saw Rob McClure in that show, and he yeah. was fantastic. Very, very uh, good. That's Carrie Kirkpatrick and his brother Wayne Kirkpatrick, or, along with John O'Farrell. Uh, Jerry Zaks is directing, and Lauren Lataro is the choreographer. Um, I want to talk to you about this one real quickly, Ashley, because I know you sure. love the team behind this show. We both love Rob McClure. He's been a guest of mine on Broadway Radio multiple times, along with his wife at one point as well. And I don't know how to feel about this because I'm working yeah. on, you know, I'm working on my spreadsheet for shows to see when I'm in town in November. <sighs> and like normally you say Rob McClure is leading a musical and I'm that those tickets have already been purchased. Like those were like my first mm. sh- tickets purchased. I don't have tickets for Doubtfire because I'm a little concerned, uh, not a little, I'm a lot concerned that this could be going down the Tootsie rabbit hole. And while yeah. I think the style of show is going to be much different than Tootsie, Tootsie, the movie is a much more cynical uh, film. So it leads more to that kind of humor on stage. Mrs. Doubtfire is, a, is much more feel-good, um, so I think it'll be a different style of show, but they both harp on the man-in-dress comedy bit. I don't, and- know. I don't know if I would refer... I mean, yes, it is... It, it, it's not cynical in the same sense that Tootsie is, but I don't know that I would classify Mrs. Doubtfire well, completely as a feel-good show either. No. But the type of humor, it's yeah. not, it's not that biting sarcasm. Yeah, that's um, fair enough. You're, you're, I mean, maybe that's not the best example, but uh, yeah. I think you know what I mean. Yeah. So I, but I don't know, like, I don't necessarily want to, I don't want to support that. Uh, but I do love Rob McClure. So I don't, unless over these first few previews, people say it's amazing. They've retweaked things and it's somehow magically better, which I can't see happening. I think I'm just going to have to skip it. And I wish Rob the best. And I, the ton of other people in that show, um, that mm-hmm. I really, really like, uh, Peter Bartlett, Charity Angel Dossett, Jen yeah. Gambatis, Brad Oscar, um, so many folks, but I'm just like, eh. Yeah, I'm I'm very conflicted on this show for all the same reasons you mentioned. I'm worried about it going down the Tootsie path and, you know, it, it, maybe in future the forthcoming Some Like It Hot, uh, you Ugh. know, being in that kind of category with it. Yeah. Um, so I'm really tentative about it. I do want to see it. And I, as I told you before we started recording, like of me sending out press comps today, or like press comp requests today, I was going to file for Mrs. Doubtfire and then it was just like, eh, maybe. No, I'll wait. Yeah. I'll, I'll wait. But I mean, when it started in previews, pre shutdown and like the, in the, in the rehearsals leading up to it, I did hear, I did hear good things about it. And thankfully from uh, trans and non-binary people too, of like they're, it seems like they're at least they're trying, (laughs) which is definitely something that could be said, not said about Tootsie. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how conscious they've been of it. And that's something I would really like to talk to, you know, the creative team and be able to find out. Of like how much they've had that in their head because it, it, it's the, the outrage behind Tootsie, first of all, was of course just, but also like it was very well documented. Like we've seen a lot about Tootsie, um, and we've had 
years now at this point to kind of like grapple with all of that and all the mistakes they've made, they made. Um, and how, <laughs> how, you know, how unrelenting they were about it. There were, weren't really any apologies in terms of no. their man in a dress trope there. It seems from what I've seen early of Mrs. Doubtfire that they at least have that in the back of their brain. Um, and I, I, I want to be able to confirm that personally, but I'm also just like, if I go into the show, which is, you know, like two and a half hours long and it really is just another man in a dress comedy, I'm going to be so angry to come back from 15, 17 months, whatever, <laughs> to see yeah. that on the stage. I'm just going to be mad. Yeah, uh, so I'm torn. I'm going to wait. The previews are actually either right just started or in the middle of uh, or getting ready to start as we're recording. Yeah. So I, I will uh, cautiously keep an eye on it. Uh, but like you said, I, I also would like to see it if it's not a complete train wreck. Speaking of train wrecks, uh, yesterday, Jagged Little Pill announced that Addie Roy would be replacing Antonio Cipriano um, in his role. And of course, Antonio was originally announced to be returning to the company of the Broadway show. But then after Nora Shell posted their um, stuff about their situation with the Jagged Little Pill management, Cipriano decided to step away from the show. Uh, and they are welcoming in Roy uh, to the company for that role. All right, real quick, I want to run through some real quick bits of news. Yesterday, the new group announced that Tony Award winner Lilius White will be joining the cast for the world premiere production of Black No More. This is a new musical inspired by George S. Schuyler's 1931 novel of the same name and features a book by John Ridley and music and lyrics by the one and only Black Thought, Tariq Trotter. Um, it is choreographed by Bill T. Jones and directed by Scott Elliott. It will also, of course, feature Walter Bobby, Jennifer Damiano, Brandon Victor Dixon, Tamika Lawrence, Tracy Shane, Theo Stockman, and Black Thought himself. I already have tickets for this one uh, <laughs> next year when it uh, starts. It'll begin performances on January 11th um, at the Pershing Square Signature Center. And I would bet you, I would I would put bet some money. dollar. Uh, maybe not the bottom one, but maybe the penultimate bottom one. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised <laughs> if this ends up making a, a move from off Broadway to Broadway, but just to guess. Also, uh, yesterday we found out that the Jimmy Awards will be returning to Broadway's Minskoff Theater the day after my birthday in 2022, Monday, June 27th. Nice. Um, obviously they were not able to do that in 2021 or 2020. They did have online stuff for both of those versions, uh, but they will be back on the Broadway next year. And finally, let's wrap it up with uh, a feel-good recommendation. And I can't remember if we talked about that. I think we talked about this uh, off-air. But on Thursday, <laughs> I found out that the tickets that Grace and I have to see country music superstar and three-time Grammy winner Jennifer Nettles in Waitress on Broadway, um, despite the fact that she had originally been scheduled for, the, for that date, 
uh, got an email from Telecharge that said she would not be. Fortunately, I was able to exchange them, and I will. we will be seeing her unless something changes. But Waitress, just to make me feel a little bit better about the situation, released a video of Jennifer Nettles performing what baking can do during her final... It looked like her put-in, because she's the only one really in costume. Uh, her So for her put-in rehearsal before opening night... Um, very fun. Um, very, I mean, he's got a great voice different than Jesse or Betsy or Sarah or, um, or Stephanie Torns, even who I've seen, um, and all of those folks, but, uh, very exciting. And she's got this little leg move that I told Grace that I loved after she <laughs> shuts the pie display. She's just got this like, Real cool power move that I really like. So check that out. It is on um, the Waitress Musical Instagram, and we'll have it linked in the show notes. All right, everybody. That's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB. Matt, Ashley, are you... You're officially back on the social meds, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm I'm more back than I would like to be, so I'm still kind of like popping in and out. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right. Well, Ashley and I have a lot of plans to make for New York because we've got oh, Joe man. Allen we have to go to. Yeah. Uh, Joe Allen, we've got to do like a, a drag brunch or something. Oh, where, there was one other place There's, that we you and Robbie do... and I were supposed to go. Oh, a, a little Sardi's trip, maybe? Sardi's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's so, do it. So lots of stuff you and I have to plan, and I uh, will finally get to meet Grace in person. So uh, yes. looking forward to that in just a couple weeks. I have no idea how we're going to do the show with all of the <laughs> who is to, to say <laughs> to how we're going to do today on Broadway with me seeing 30 things in two weeks don't worry but about it don't worry we'll about figure it. it out all right everybody have a wonderful weekend check out all the stuff on our Patreon feed and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday Monday